Do you ever feel like the whole world has gone insane? Yeah, you're not alone. I feel that way. In fact, the majority of people feel that way. The truth is, we were all sold this great lie that being part of a silent majority was something we should be proud of. Being a silent majority allowed a very loud, angry group of people to control everything. And problem there is, that small group of people, they're communists. I say that myself as someone who's the son of a Cuban refugee who had to flee communism. I know the reality of how important the American dream is. I know how quickly we can lose freedom. And that's why this is our last stand. I'm your host, Robbie Starbuck, and I'm going to be diving deep on the issues and people that matter so that together we can save the American dream and once again become a loud majority that steers the direction of this country. If you're with me and you want to spread truth and wake up the masses, you're in the right place. Together, one piece of truth at a time, we can save America. Welcome to the show, guys. Today we've got famous NBA ref Ken Maurer. He's been in the news lately because he's actually a suspended ref now. He's been suspended from the NBA for reasons you're about to find out, and it's going to be no surprise to you. It's because he refused to get the COVID vaccine. With no further ado, I'm going to bring in Ken. You've been an NBA ref for over 35 years, and how did this all happen? Can you walk us through it? Well, first of all, hi, Robbie. How are you? Thank you for having me on. I I, uh, I enjoy talking about this only because I think it's time people start start being educated on just, you know, what, what this country is going through. And I'm very proud of the NBA. I'm very proud of, you know, what I've done as a referee. I love I love sports. I'm from a very sports-oriented fam- sports family. Then this whole COVID thing took over, took over the world, didn't it? I mean, all of a sudden, everybody was COVID nuts. You know, we saw it coming, and uh, the first year, which would have been the 2021 season, the NBA was very proactive in, in having us do testing. I mean, we, you know, we were doing testing. We were testing every day on off day, testing at home, testing with a machine, or testing on a Zoom, or, and, uh, and then days of games. Uh, Robbie, the last, you know, at the end there, I was testing four times a day on days, days of games, and to make sure that I could continue to do my job and do whatever the NBA asked of me to do. We got through the well, it was the bubble one year, and then it was the next year, which was the 2021 season. So after that year, then the, the next year, we were going into a new contract. It was the 2021-22 uh, season, and the NBA said that summer that they were going to mandate the vaccine for all referees. Uh, they redid the last year of our seven-year contract, saying that, you know, if you choose not to take the vaccine, you're not going to be allowed to work. And uh, they did not make the players, uh, man, they did not mandate the players to take the vaccine. In fact, they, the players have never been mandated to take the vaccine. So there was a lot of us that were against it. We didn't know a lot about the vaccine. We didn't know what was what it was about. And the NBA offered uh, us as a staff a religious or medical exemption. And um, I filed both. I filed both the religion. I've been a practicing uh, Christian my entire life. I um, just certain beliefs I have as a as a Christian, as a religious Catholic, that I that I just you know my faith just didn't allow me to take the the vaccine. I didn't I didn't. I didn't want to take it. It was, it was it was up to anybody. Whatever anybody else wanted to do, Robbie, that was up to them. I mean, I, I don't judge anybody. I don't. And um, but they uh, so we we all filed. Or like there was nine, ten, eleven of us maybe that filed. After like seventeen or eighteen people voted it down in the contract, but it passed. So we were mandated. So about eleven of us got together. We we filed a religious and medical exemption. Needless to say, long story short, the NBA denied every one of them. 
every one of the religious medical, I think every one of the religious or medical exemption, probably in their entire organization, I believe, we're checking on that now because we're currently in litigation, uh, were denied. They all were denied. Unbelievable. And so so I, was, I was out of a job. I would have been going into my 37th year, and I was out of a job. And I, uh, they suspended us for the first year. This is the funny part now, and we'll allude to, we'll elaborate on all this, but for the, they, they gave us a year to make a decision. From September of 21 to September of 22, just this, this past September, they gave us a year. If we chose to take the vaccine, we would be allowed to come back. Well, a lot of the guys, just with their families and their, their situations at home, and great guys, great people, and uh, they just said, Kenny, uh, I can't do it. I, 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 can't, I can't sit out. I, I don't want to do this, but I, I have to take the vaccine. So they did, and four or five of us chose not to. So, but I want to on, stop you there real quick because that's an important point for people to key in on and understand what the NBA did there. And this is my opinion. You can say if you agree, disagree with it. But what you just described is a tactic that communists have often used uh, for forms of re-education. One of the ways that they've chosen as most effective to, quote, re-educate people that are out of alignment or out of lockstep with what the Communist Party wants. And this is in various countries across the world. This has been utilized by communists regimes and authoritarians for as long as they've been around is they'll say, basically, we're putting you in a timeout for X period of time. And during this timeout, we're going to take away something necessary to your livelihood, whether it be your job, your ability to reach your family and friends, or your ability to go to school, whatever it is. And they essentially say, now, as a loving communist government, we're going to go ahead and give you that thing back as long as you do the right thing and you listen to us and you comply. And I think it's important to understand that this is this is a, a very important moment in America. If we're going to allow corporations to take those same tactics and deploy them on people, that's incredibly dangerous, in my opinion. But beyond that, the other thing you said that really struck me was that, you know, this is not the only place this is happening. These tactics are being deployed across corporate America. And if we want to talk about the practices getting to a dangerous place, we also need to ask a very poignant question. So I have one for you. You've been around longer than I have. You have a lot of life experience. And this is genuinely a question because I don't know that the answer to this a thousand percent is what I think it is, but I'm pretty sure I know what the answer is. Can you ever think of a time in American history where we allowed secular corporations to apply religious tests to their employees and essentially say, if you think that your religion is this, we are going to be the arbiters of if your religion actually believes that. So they're, in essence, deciding that they're the arbiters of who's the true believer and who's not and why they believe and what they believe when they themselves are secular organizations who know nothing about religion. Am I wrong in, in, in what I'm saying? First of all, the answer is no. I've never. I'm 67 years old. I've never experienced that before. No, that's a lot like what they did because in June, they well, let's go back to September. They interviewed us. There was a a lawyer for the for the NBA, a guy I know very well, a guy by the name of Neil Stern, carried out an interview for all the people that followed this exemption. And basically, we believe that it was just trying to. A witch hunt trying to find something that he could i got gotcha, you i got gotcha. you you know you uh well, they want to find a hole they want to find a hole in your not, religious it, beliefs that's exactly. that's what it really is and, and this is something that's been applied across corporate america we've seen many examples of this where they essentially are acting as arbiters of that religion we saw it in the military which was one of the most dangerous places i could imagine seeing it is the united states government stepping in and saying 
we're the arbiters of religion now. You don't actually believe this. If you say you're a Christian, well, you can't be a Christian and have these beliefs or not want the vaccine for religious purposes because XX and X people within Christianity or within the Catholic Church are saying it's totally fine to get it. But that is, again, denying our religious independence and our ability to discern our own beliefs because you can be a Catholic and understand a very nuanced position that while there may be Catholics who believe it's totally appropriate and okay to get the COVID vaccine, there is a whole other group of Catholics, myself being Cuban, I know this, I was raised Catholic. And, you know, this other group of Catholics, which I would argue is actually a larger group, fundamentally believe that they don't want to put something in their body that was you know, they researched and tested on aborted fetal cells in the development of it. It doesn't even matter to me if it's inside it. If they used it in the research and development, it's fundamentally in opposition to my religious beliefs. And that's as a Christian man now and also being raised Catholic, you know, that's just something I, I can't negotiate with. And when you have secular corporations or the government essentially asking you to negotiate with the devil, that's a very dangerous thing. I mean, you're talking about eternal soul, which is a question I wanted to ask you. I'm going to ask you very point blank. Did you love your job? Yes. Was there any amount of money somebody could have paid you to leave your job? Um, I never really did it for the money. You know, we, we had NBA employees make good money. The NBA takes care of us. But yeah, I was proud of my salary, but I, I never did it. I never did it for the money. So to the, to that point, this is about an eternal life question for you, is it not? Yes. And so... Yes. As just a man, as somebody who's been around as long as you have, how dangerous is it this moment that we're in when we're allowing corporations or the government to step in and question your ability to make decisions about your own eternal life and doing it under the threat of, you know, hey, we're going to make you broke. We're going to make you broke and put your family in danger potentially or leave you homeless potentially because you're not complying with our demands about what we say needs to be inside your body. Well, it even goes one step further. They suspended us in September of 2021. The commissioner dropped the mandates for everyone, Robbie, everyone in June, and then they terminated us in September. There's no longer a mandate for referees or players, but yet the three of us have to come back and ref and take take the vaccine in order to to to, to referee. So no, I I spoke about this you know several times. No one's going to you know, take away my freedoms, take away, especially my religious beliefs. No one. I mean, I, I, it doesn't matter what amount of money it is. I mean, I, I love my Lord. I love my wife. No one's going to come in and, and offer me a lot of money to leave my wife. I mean, I, I, they're just certain moral and ethical and religious beliefs that I have that, that I'm, I'm never going to change. I mean, there's no amount of money that's going to, going to change, you know, change my mind. So, so I walked away from, and a lot, and a lot of us, all of us did walk away from a, a very good, paying job i mean but again it's not to me it's not about the vaccine if you choose to take the vaccine go ahead i i, I may agree with it i may not agree with it that's your prong that's your that's your belief you can do whatever you want but no one's going to change my my take away my religious values and my religious beliefs and tell me that i have to do something but the amount of people that feel the same way you and i do and that are without a home or with, with it, they don't have a job they don't know where they're going to get their next meal from. I mean, there's a lot of people like that, yep. and and people have to get it because um, and, and and again, I think it's I think it's starting to change. I think people are finally saying, wait a minute, it doesn't matter with your whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or whether you're a Christian or a, you're a Jewish or you're a Muslim or you're a Hindu. It doesn't matter. It, we should all be people. We should all have freedom to choose whatever we want. And um, 
they're never going to take away my my freedom to be able to say that I'm a Christian. I believe in our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't believe in abortion, single cell, Robbie, and I'm not taking the vaccine. You know what it sounds like to me, and I know you're in litigation, and so I'm not going to ask you to comment on this part, but this is just my own analysis here. It sounds like to me that the NBA has taken a page from their partners in China, the Communist Party, and have started to take on some of those authoritarian tactics to punish employees who do not comply with the narrative that they prefer be reality. I mean, look no further than even, you know, they, they did this with players who were considered, quote, anti-vax, you know, people like Kyrie Irving, where they were very clearly trying to punish them in the media for their decision not to get the vaccine. And that's notwithstanding other issues those players might have or whatever. It was very clear that there was an issue the NBA had with wanting to punish anybody who stepped out of line when it came to the vaccine, which gets us to a very important point, though. There have been a lot of cases of injuries and deaths after people get the vaccine. That is no longer in dispute. Even, you know, the, the you know, quote, high authorities in, in the medical and bioethics industry will admit this, that yes, there have been injuries. Yes, there have been deaths. The question now is how many among which age groups and statistically, is it still safer to get it or not get it? What, what are the actual numbers bearing out? And, and that's an argument that honestly doesn't matter at this point. What matters is that we're talking about people's lives here and individuals have the right to choose whether or not they get something that could potentially kill them. I think that that's something that whether you're religious or not, even if you're an atheist and you're watching this, this whole thing isn't just about religion. Yes, there are many people who are doing this for religious reasons, but if you go to just a very basic human rights premise, Every human being should have the right to decide if they get something put in their body that could potentially kill them in an injectable form. I mean, that just seems like a no brainer. And then when you think about this, you know, from the vantage point of what we were talking about earlier, where you said, you know, you don't care what choice somebody else makes. That's their choice. You know, when I look back at history again, I'm really struggling to find a time in history where people who were trying to force inject other people ended up being the good guys when you look back at history you know maybe in the moment they thought they were the good guys but then you move 30 40 50 years down the line you look back and you go oh those were definitely the bad guys and that's something that just blows my mind that people involved in this can't see that but you know i want to ask you very point blank do you know anybody who's been injured after getting the vaccine oh met many people i mean i've had that I've known that have had suffered ill effects and they've I know people that have that, that have died I know people that have spoke with me on different podcasts that have come forth and it's it's in their medical records that they have suffered as a result of the vaccine I mean I just did a, a, a wonderful interview with Bobby Kennedy jr I mean what a brilliant man he is and what the books he's written and the and the, and the things that he's come forth with and the people they've interviewed and I, I don't understand why people don't just take a look at it. See, what they try to do with people like you and I, Robin, with me, is they try to punch holes like, okay, Kenny, you're really not religion. You just didn't want to take the vaccine. Well, first of all, we've all learned a lot in the last year and a half, haven't we? Everybody in this country's learned a lot in the last year and a half. But you got to remember, I, I filed a religious exemption a year and a half. A year and a half because I knew the minute it came out, I knew what was in it, and I knew that I didn't want to be a part of that. That's why I will never waver from that. Now, that doesn't mean that I can't have an opinion. That doesn't mean I can't be well-versed on, on whether people have suffered or whether they haven't, especially when I know relatives, I know friends, family that have. And so 
I can't speak for the NBA, Robbie. I would like to, what I can't understand the frustration is, why are people at least taking a look at it? Could it be possible that somebody else, that that's what we're, I like well, to that's say science, right? I mean, that's, that's what science is supposed to be. Science is supposed to be asking the question. You're supposed to ask the question. You're supposed to study it. You're supposed to investigate it thoroughly to every end, to every possible outcome. And then you come to a conclusion. And the problem is they're avoiding the most poignant questions. They're avoiding the things that are staring us right in the face. When you have people falling over dead and you have these sudden deaths all over the place and you have, I just had a document, we'll put it up on screen during this interview. I just had a document sent to me that is a verified, you know, VAERS report of a six month old child who was given not just the COVID vaccine, but seven other vaccines collected all at one time within four days, he was dead. And that's not normal. Six month old babies don't normally die of sudden death from a cardiac event. That's not a normal thing. This is something we're seeing increasingly across every age group, and we see it in every country. When you look at just the raw data of excess deaths, something is happening. And a lot of people who are supposed to be looking into this are avoiding looking into it. And the thing is, I've been very nuanced. I've been very clear on this the whole time. I can't say for certain that X is causing X because I don't have that background to go and design a study and fund a study to look at this on a large enough scale the way we need to. But it should be very eye opening to people that they're not doing that because that in itself is telling you that they can see in the data, the raw data that we're able to look at, that something is wrong and they don't want to know what it is. The only logical conclusion I can come to is that they're protecting somebody. Now, who would they be trying to protect? And the only logical conclusion, again, is the pharmaceutical companies who produced this and the politicians who pushed it on people and told them that it was safe and effective. It's very clear at this point that the line about safe and effective was not only wrong, it was fraudulent in my opinion. And when you look at the outcomes and the way that people have suffered, there's no question to me that this was a great crime against humanity and, and against basic human rights. And and I like that you, you talked about earlier, this shouldn't be political. It shouldn't be about Democrat or Republican. Everybody knows I'm oh. conservative, but it shouldn't be about that at all, at all. If you're if you're on the complete polar opposite side of that, you're a communist, okay? Which people know is my least favorite thing. Let's pretend you're a communist. I I still a thousand percent back up your human right to make your own decision on this, and I think that's the way it should be. And it's telling for the people who don't believe that that they're not able to have consistent moral values when it comes to these things. We couldn't do this show without our great sponsor, Patriot Mobile. If you haven't heard about Patriot Mobile, they are the cell phone service for you. Get away from the big companies. You keep your cell phone number. You keep your phone. Don't worry about it. It's not a hassle. It's quick to switch over and you stop giving your money to woke corporations who want to do nothing but take your money and turn it over to far left Marxist groups. Patriot Mobile puts their money where their mouth is. They help flip school board seats and put their money into conservative projects like this one so that they support the values that we believe in. You need to switch over today. If you care about your values, it's time for us to put our money where our mouth is. And Patriot Mobile is one of the ways you can do that by switching over. Their service standards are the exact same as all the major providers out there. So don't tell me, oh, I would do it, but I'm worried about bad service. It is the same service standards that the big ones are required to abide by. It is fantastic. It is worth the switch. Make it today. You get free activation. PatriotMobile.com slash Starbuck. Just say Starbuck and you get that free activation for your phone lines. You will not regret it. And you'll be very pleased to find out that the money from your phone bill is now going toward projects and values that you believe in.
you know, a question I wanted to ask you, I mean, you're, you're in this sports world for so much of your adult life. I assume you've talked to athletes, fellow referees. What have you heard within the sports world about the way that COVID, these mandates, the vaccines, the masks, everything else, how has it affected these professional sports leagues? How many people are still to this day, you know, hurting in some way because of these things? And is there sort of a secret group at all that you know of, of people who are, are sort of commiserating amongst one another about how harmful this has been? Well, I'm kind of a, kind of a rebel now, kind of a, you know, bad guy, a pariah, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I, I want to back up for a second though, back to what you were saying. And I, I it's not for me to question science and it, you're not either. And it's not for, for, for us to question you know, specifically why something, you know, happened. You should be wanting to know. You should be investigating. Let's find out why that very healthy young man, you know, had a cardiac arrest. Why? I, I don't know. I mean, good buddy of ours. He, he's a mutual friend of ours. My buddy, my buddy, Howie Wolfish. He's a very dear friend of mine. He's a good friend of yours. He, 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 once, he once told me something that made such great sense to me. He said, it's impossible for a man to learn what he thinks he already knows. Yeah. And and that's what that's what I think... I admit I don't know. I think you're saying that. I don't know. I mean, I'd rather have questions that can't be answered than answers that, ca- that can't be questioned. I mean, we should be questioning a lot of things, and, and people are. I think they're starting to, but what bothers me the most, and yes, do I know athletes? Yes. Do I know ap- athletes that have suffered? Yes. Do I know? Again, uh, I always ask them. I always you know, say, go in and get a check. Go in and make sure. You know, don't you know, it's not for me to talk to my, I didn't go to my regular doctor who takes care of me, me day to day. I went and saw a neurologist, a virologist. I went and saw people that, 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 that I think were, were astute in vaccines and astute in all of these, these things that lead up to, you know, these viruses. I, I don't think your daily physician can really educate you on stuff like that. But again, that, that's, that's just a personal opinion. I'm allowed to have a personal opinion when I decide what's going to be put into my arm or my body for my wife and I, that's, that's our, that's our, I agree with you on that too. I mean, the, the number of, of personal physicians, I mean, if you ask these questions about, about vaccines, um, you know, it's very rare. You come across physicians that do internal medicine, do family practice who are able to really in depth, expand upon the side effects of these vaccines or are able to explain the black box warnings or anything else associated with these. In fact, you know, I had my own situation with the doctor where I had to bring them studies and they came back to me and said, I didn't realize that was the case. To their credit, they they said I was they were wrong. They admitted they were wrong about it and they flipped around and, and it made them question a lot of other things that I think was a healthy process. That's how science is supposed to work. And I do think we should be questioning science to the degree that we have the information. And when we don't have the information, we should be asking the people who are in charge in those fields to be questioning it to the degree of actually carrying out the studies. And like in the case of, you know, DeMar Hamlin, I didn't jump to the conclusion that I found most likely or anything along those lines. I just simply said, okay, what are the the proper questions to ask here? We don't have all the information. The only thing I can do is say off the off these reports, I'm going to ask cardiologists what they feel. And I talked to three different cardiologists. They all said in their view, based on the news reports that he was resuscitated twice, it couldn't have been Commodio Cordis because there's only supposed to be one cardiac event in the case of that unless they're exactly successive where it happens like immediately after but in demar hamlin's case the public news reports were that there was a cardiac arrest on the field and then again at the hospital and that was too far apart for it to be commodio cordis 
So that was for me, you know, talking to three different cardiologists who see this on a regular basis, maybe not Commodio Cordis, but they're the ones who study it because it's so rare. Um, that was enough for me to say, okay, maybe we should be looking in other directions as well to make sure that we actually know what the real problem was here to identify it because it scared a lot of people seeing a healthy athlete who's at the top of his, you know, physical prowess, so to speak, like fall over on the field and have, have a heart attack. You know, that's not something that should feel normal and it doesn't. And so I think we do need to ask for answers to those types of questions and we need to really not stop and, and, and we can't let up on it because without what, the answers, what, bothers, what bothers me the most is I guess, do I think people should, should be asking questions? Yes. But again, I, I keep coming back and I'm going to keep coming back to it. I mean, nobody should question somebody's God given right to be able to practice whatever religion he wants. And again, the NBA, Robbie, they offered us the religious and medical exemption. It wasn't something like, well, we say by law you have to offer us this. They offered us the religious and medical exemptions, of which I, I filed both. So, you know, it, it's like, okay, you offer it, and then you're going to tell me that I, that, I, that I don't have a religious belief? I mean, what, what makes you the sole bearer of, of determining whether or not I, 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 I have a religious belief or not? I mean, and, it, and then they're going to bring up, you know, questions with the Pope. And, well, you know, I, it's funny. I asked my, the guy who interviewed me um, with the NBA. He's a, he's, a, he's a Jewish man. And I said, have you ever, have you ever been to, uh, to Krakow? He said, no. I said, have you ever been to Auschwitz? He said, no. I said, well, you know, six million Jews were, were killed back during World War II. He said, yeah, I know. I said, well, do you know that the Pope or the Catholic Church knew what was going on and turned his back? Now, am I supposed to take the same stance with the Pope on that one too? I mean, the Pope is a human being. You know, he's a man. He it doesn't he's matter what the it, it it doesn't matter what the Pope thinks. It doesn't matter what well what you think. It's it's what I feel in my heart. What is what is something that I've grown up with my whole life? And I'm not going to have somebody from the NBA or somebody some doctor or some lawyer tell me what what I've what I've been practicing my whole life. And, and I should we shouldn't have to do that. And believe well, here's me, the thing, there's, there's a lot of people like that. Either it doesn't end with the vaccine. Because we just saw this last week in the NHL, a hockey player, Provo, um, he essentially, there was an LGBTQ night for the NHL, and he refused to wear a pride flag jersey. Um, he said it was out of alignment with his religious beliefs. He's a Russian Orthodox, and he, he felt that it was something that would be out of alignment with his religious beliefs. I mean, very simple. And it wasn't treated as a respectful difference of opinion, different belief. And, you know, the people who are trying to push this are always talking about inclusivity and diversity. Well, that inclusivity and diversity doesn't include people who think differently or have different religious beliefs. And that kind of lays bare the hypocrisy at the core of this. It's really about we would like to force you into a homogenous group think where you have to think what we think. And if you don't, you're a bigot and you shouldn't be allowed in society and you should lose your job. And to that point, immediately after Provo said he didn't want to wear this jersey on the NHL network, one of their lead analysts goes on there and says that if he's not willing to put on the pride flag jersey, that he should go back to Russia and maybe go fight in the Ukraine war. I mean, just totally ludicrous stuff. And again, this is somebody who has been in the United States since he was 13 years old. Okay, he's an American for all intents and purposes. And to say you should go over to Russia and go fight in a war in Ukraine and possibly die because you won't put on the gay pride jersey that we're demanding you put on just blows my mind. And this is why, 
you know, the fight over the COVID vaccines and the ability to have your own religious beliefs and choices is so important because it does not end there. They will continue, continue and continue to beat down your ability to have religious freedom if you give up an inch of it. And that's where we're at is, you know, I truly I believe the reason that the military did this and the NBA did this where they said, okay, here's your religious exemption is because they wanted to skirt liability by saying they offered it. They closely examined it and they felt that it was not in alignment with the beliefs or, you know, uh, doctrine of that religion. And they think that's going to offer some sort of legal cover. I'm not quite as convinced that it's going to as it goes through higher courts. But, you know, that's the intent, in in my opinion, is this was never about actually wanting to give you a choice. Do you agree with that? Yes, I do. I, I don't think the NBA had any intention of ever uh, of ever allowing or granting any any religious or medical exemption. I don't think how you can have both a 10, 20, 16,000 Air Force military people file religious exemptions and every one of them tonight. I mean, that's just that, that just doesn't happen. I mean, there are no people of faith in the Air Force. I find that hard to believe. But, I mean, they're trying to divide us in many different ways religiously. I mean, back during the bubble, they had the, you know, the Black Lives Matter. And friends of mine that I've been playing with and for and against and working with in athletics my whole life. I don't have to, I don't have to prove. No, I, I understand idea. exactly I, what you're saying. This is a point that I got into with a, a Latino baseball player. He's a huge star in baseball. I'm not going to out him on here. We're really close friends. He's one of the best players in baseball. And he could not stand what was going on in Major League Baseball when it came to the pushing of the Black Lives Matter organization. And he was really incensed and hurt in a private moment that somebody in management called him out in front of a team and essentially said, do you not believe that the life of a certain black player mattered? And he he said, you know, I exploded. I went off. This has nothing to do with black lives. It has everything to do with a Marxist organization. This person had experience in their family lineage with Marxism. This is a Marxist organization that wants to destroy families. It has nothing to do with black lives or brown lives. He's I'm Latino, you know, and uh, I'm not the only one who sees this, that that team, especially a lot of professional athletes, they don't agree with this stuff, but they feel forced to take part in it. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. I mean, back during the bubble, I think I, I, I was having hip surgery. I would never have knelt because I would have said all lives matter. My Christian and religious faith, I believe all lives matter, including the Latino and the black and the Asian and the whatever, whatever form, whatever culture, whatever nationality you are. It, and I and I believe people of faith, I believe I believe the majority of people feel like that. And, and yeah, I, I had many discussions with friends of mine of color and they all feel the same way it's just that that select few people that are trying to push an agenda to try to divide us i'm not going to allow that to divide to divide my friendships with the mexican or the latino or the black or whatever there's they're still my friend they always will be i'm not going to allow that to but it's also i also believe it's a freedom issue it's a it's a religious issue it's it's, it's something that why are they why are they doing that why are they trying to divide us why well because you conquer when you divide you conquer and i'm I, I had a tough time with that during that, and that was kind of like the start of it all. And um, but anytime I can sit down with with a, a human being and, and have a, an adult conversation about what you and I are talking about right now, and explain my position and say, "Hey, I will go to war. I will do anything for you. I will stick. I'll do anything for you. But I but I'm going to do the same for you that I'm going to do for any other human being. God created everybody equal. 
and and I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna try to live by that. Everybody is the same. There's nobody that's better than anybody else. Doesn't matter the color of your skin, and that's to me that's a religious belief. And I I would have I would I would not have knelt then either. But there was a lot of people that were chastised for for doing that, and I think it's a shame. We couldn't do this show without our great sponsor, Patriot Mobile. If you haven't heard about Patriot Mobile, they are the cell phone service for you. Get away from the big companies. You keep your cell phone number, you keep your phone. Don't worry about it. It's not a hassle. It's quick to switch over and you stop giving your money to woke corporations who want to do nothing but take your money and turn it over to far left Marxist groups. Patriot Mobile puts their money where their mouth is. They help flip school board seats and put their money into conservative projects like this one so that they support the values that we believe in. You need to switch over today. If you care about your values, it's time for us to put our money where our mouth is. And Patriot Mobile is one of the ways you can do that by switching over. Their service standards are the exact same as all the major providers out there. So don't tell me, oh, I would do it, but I'm worried about bad service. It is the same service standards that the big ones are required to abide by. It is fantastic. It is worth the switch. Make it today. You get free activation. PatriotMobile.com slash Starbuck. Just say Starbuck and you get that free activation for your phone lines. You will not regret it. And you will be very pleased to find out that the money from your phone bill is now going toward projects and values that you believe in. You know, I, I explained this to somebody once who was confused. They said, you know, they were trying to get to the heart of understanding all lives matter. And I said, well, you know, the truth is we all have to make moral decisions in life a as adults. You know, you've got to make quick calls sometimes. And so to give you an example, in one scenario, there's a black child and a white old man. And I have a choice to save one of their lives. I I'm going to save the child. And I'm going to do the same thing in reverse if it is a black old man and a white child, I'm going to save the child. And if it's a white old man and a black child, I'm going to save the child every single time because that's my, my moral instinct to save the child. I'm not looking at their race. I'm not saying, oh, which skin color do I identify more with to save? I think that's sick. The whole premise of it is sick. You go to help the vulnerable, to help somebody in need, no matter what, and you don't think about what their skin color is. And that's really what's at the core of the idea of all lives mattering. It should be very simple. I think most people understand this, but there's a very wide group of people who don't. And they try to frame anybody who thinks that all lives matter as being racist in some way. And the reality that I've seen, myself being Latino, the child of a penniless immigrant who came to this country, has been that the people who believe all lives matter are the, the least racist. And the people who have tried to hone in on one skin color, no matter what that skin color is, and say that that matters the most, they tend to be the ones that have some, you know, racial issues. And I think that that's something that, that the more people sort of just get into fundamental reality, the more we get in alignment with what the truth is. And I think the real truth here is that we do have a silent majority in America, and it's an incredibly dangerous thing. Silent majorities allow very loud, small groups of people to control everything and to divide everyone. And that's where we are right now, is we allowed a very loud, small group of people to divide everybody. You agree with that? Is that what you've seen oh, in the Absolutely. But it, it, it all comes back to what is right and wrong. What is faith based? What is what is about Christianity? What is but I think that's what why we're why you and I are here right now, Robbie. There's a lot of people that feel like we, we do, but are scared to say anything. And because the side of the majority is it just goes about their business and all these you know, what do they say? There's two thousand people in this world that are really making all the chaos. Well, you know, that number might not be too far off. And it's just yeah. we have to start doing something. If people feel like they're powerless 
I don't, I'm just, a, I'm just a normal guy. I mean, I'm, you know, I've done a few years in the NBA. There's a lot more people that are more important or they're, you know, I'm not a big name. I'm not a, I'm not this, this wealthy guy or it, but you know what? I'm going to speak the truth. I'm going to speak what I think in the hope that there are other people out there that say, that might say, you know what? Ken's got a point. He may be, there are people that will probably disagree with us and that's yeah. okay. They're allowed their, the, the freedom to, 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 that's why we live in this country. The more people voice things, the better off we're going to be because then we can reverse this this tragedy of the silent majority allowing our values to be eroded year over year over year. And it's, you made a point that something I've been trying to make to people is we're talking about a few thousand people who are really creating all the chaos. And the sooner people realize that and realize that individually we actually have a lot of power and that if we all do just use our voice and go back to you know speaking with truly just common sense, the faster all of this craziness is going to go away or at least be looked at in the regard that it should, which is really like, I mean, it's it's clownish. I mean, if we're being just completely honest, a lot of this, I read a thing today, you know, there's a group upset about Aretha Franklin's uh, natural woman song. They they find it offensive because they're, they're trans, they consider themselves trans and they think it's offensive to have a song about natural women. I mean, this lunacy, until people treat it as crazy as it is, you know, y you normalize it. And, and I think we've got to be doing the opposite by just being honest and saying, you know what, Again, even in that situation, you're an adult, you want to, you know, pretend you're another thing. You know, it's honestly not my job to get in the middle of that. You know, don't do it to children. That's really the only thing I ask. But when you start saying things like you can't have a song that offends me, that's something people need to speak up and be like, that's, that's crazy. And we need to have sort of common sense about this stuff. But I do want to switch gears. I want to ask you a question. So there are a lot of rumors within professional sports circles that, Players, e even as, as big as people like LeBron James, have been using fake vaccine cards um, for different reasons, for, for different purposes. And I'm assuming that's something you know about. Every Everybody I've talked to kind of knows this is going on. And some people who would be questioning your seriousness when it comes to doing this for religious reasons or even medical reasons, don't you think that's a pretty good piece of evidence that you're pretty darn serious about this, that you didn't give in like a lot of these other people did and get a fake card? And again, that's a decision every person had to make on their own. But I personally disagreed with it. I felt like we need to stand on our own two feet. And when people saw how many people actually didn't get it, I think that that would be pretty surprising. Um, but, you know, how do you feel about that? How did you feel about, you know, the fake cards? I'm really glad you asked that question. Thank you very much. I, I would really like to answer that. Um, no, I never, I never took the a fake card. Yes, I know a lot of, I know people that have taken the fake card. I know athletes that have taken the fake card, and I know, and I know why they did it. And it's not for me to judge them. They were in a between a rock and a hard place. They needed to provide for their families, but yet they were so against what this this vaccine for whatever reason. That's up to them again. But for me, no, I I couldn't. Um, I couldn't tell, look you in the eye and tell you one thing and then, and then turn around and, and take a fake card. I, I just, I just couldn't do that. And to me, that was just a, that was just hypocritical. I mean, um, yes, I could have taken a fake card and I don't know that the NBA would have ever found out about it, but I will, I would never do that. I, I'm doing this for a reason I'm very sincere about. I'm proud of the way my wife and I feel religiously, but then again, so for me to feel that way, Robbie, and then to turn around and say, I'm going to take a fake card. I couldn't do that. I understand why people did, but it I was couldn't an important do it. line for you not to cross. That's right. I, I couldn't do it. I I've talked to people about it. They said, "Ken, it would have been easy." You know, well, yeah, they did. I know it probably would have been easy, but um, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing, and I'm uh, I'm proud I didn't. I'm proud I didn't do that. 
last question for me. Um, within the you know circles that, that you've been a part of for a very long time, is there discussion about from people who are vaccinated? Is there discussion among them about the injuries and worries about what may come forward? Because I know you know I just put out a video recently that hadn't been seen uh, by very many people of uh, Anthony Fauci commenting when he was asked about the development of an AIDS vaccine, and this was you know back during the AIDS crisis, and he said, well, you know, the problem is is that the development of a vaccine like this you know, uh, we may be able to test it right now in the first year or second year and say, oh, it looks safe. But the problem is 12 years down the line, all health could break loose and we really don't know what could happen to these people. That was the concern he showed on a very small scale in relation when you look at the the two, you know, different groups of people affected by COVID versus AIDS. You know, the COVID group is obviously much larger than the group with AIDS. And so if he was unwilling to go and do that with a group of people who had AIDS, why was he suddenly willing to do it with the group who had COVID? That's a different question for a different time. But when you look at it like that and you understand that essentially this is a very large experiment and that we don't know what's going to happen 12 years down the line, there was not the time to do long-term testing and that they pushed forward with something that had never been done before on multiple fronts, including this being the first of its kind in its class for an approved vaccine for this purpose. You know, that's something that I think is a natural conversation. People who were vaccinated who felt like they were told one thing in the beginning and are now realizing something else later would be discussing, are they? Yes, they are. And um, it's fun. It's another great question I want to speak on. Um, again, when I did this a year and a half ago, a lot of this was questions that you and I wouldn't have even known to ask these questions now. And so I had my opinions, didn't know, did a lot of research. In the last year and a half, I've got a lot of free time. I'm a, I, I become part of a group. Uh, it's called Voices for Medical Freedom. It's a, a group that was started by a uh, now dear friend of mine, Ken Rutgers from the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Ken was a, the Hall of Fame lineman for the Green Bay Packers black, back when he played with Brett Favre. John Stockton, I mean, I think a lot of people in the NBA world, they all know who John Stockton is. We've become very good friends, and we've started a group of lawyers, doctors, entertainers, pro athletes, um, young people, old people. I mean, it's growing every month of people that are coming on this call, these calls, and um, talking about your question, the question you just asked. We have doctors come on these calls, lawyers come on these calls, people that can validate exactly through facts and through through um, different statistics of what they're saying. And um, so, yes, there are a lot of people that are becoming more and more aware of this. We started this, the freedom to be able to make a decision for yourself religiously and medically. That's why we started this thing. And that's why it's growing all the time because people believe they should be allowed to make their own choice. And um, you and I both agree with that. So no, there's a lot more people and about a lot of the situations haven't been shown, but the media hasn't yeah. shown those. So that's what would happen the other night in the NFL. Oh my gosh, that opened up a lot of a can of worms for a lot of that opened a lot of eyes. I'll tell you oh, what, boy. I got a lot. I got a lot of questions after that. And there, and there's going to be, and there's going to be, and there's going to be a lot more questions about that. And I just pray that they investigate and do their research and find out what really happened to that young man. I hear he's doing better. I, I'm so glad he is. I pray he is. You know what, though, I, I want to take a moment to acknowledge is that that was actually a very special moment too. As scary as it was, I don't know that in the past, honestly, I don't know that in my adult life since 9-11, I have seen the country collectively pray for somebody the way that people came together and prayed for the young man, DeMar Hamlin. And I don't know that I have seen atheists pray in public 
the way that they did during that since 9 11 is the last time I can remember. And I was, I wasn't a, an adult yet. You know, I was a teenager. And so that was stunning to me. And then to see his miraculous recovery and turnaround, I think is an incredible piece of, of just, you know, everybody experiencing a miracle. You know, I mean, when you go through double cardiac arrest, you know, being able to recuperate and be back to watch your team play this week, it's pretty incredible. Well, I got a question for you. And first of all, I agree with everything you've said. And I am so, so I was so happy to see people praying. I was, I prayed, we all prayed and now he's better. And I, there are, I believe in miracles. I believe miracles, maybe a miracle happened right there. And I'm so happy, but you know what? I'm friends with the ESPN. I'm friends with the NBA. I'm friends with the NFL. All these people that denied this exemptions and thought prayer didn't exist. Where were they back then when they were denying all these religious exemptions and they didn't even bring up the word prayer? Prayer wasn't even something that was used. Now all of a sudden, when this young kid goes down, everybody prays. I am thrilled that everybody prayed. I think I was so happy to see that. You've got people on ESPN praying on the air, and yet two of their colleagues are in a lawsuit against ESPN for failing to acknowledge the religious exemption, Beth Maber and Allison Williams. So explain that to me. I, I, I don't... I mean, you're praying here, and yet these women who are people of faith, and that's why they're not taking the vaccine, they get ostracized. Well, my I, friend Stan Stoyle has been in trouble multiple times with ESPN for just being a free-thinking woman of faith. She's the most professional you could possibly be. She's killer at her job. I don't know that there's anybody better at her job, what she does. And the type of discrimination she has faced just for being a very... Honestly, her views are are very, very mainstream in this country. Very mainstream. These are very, and not even just conservative. You know, the, a lot of the stuff that, you know, they've gotten upset at her for, these are just mainstream views a lot of people have. You know, I mean, I live in Tennessee where there's a lot of blue dog Democrats still, and most of them hold the views that Sage Steele has. You know, a, a lot of people are like that a lot, but they're, the, the, what's wrong, Roy, they don't say it. You and I talked about this earlier. It's about time... It doesn't matter Republican. It doesn't matter Democrat. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It does. Everybody should stand up and say we should have the freedom to make the decisions on what medically and religiously we decide for ourselves as a family. And and that's we've gotten away from that. And you know what? It's going to get worse. Yep, it's just that simple. Okay, I I know I said that was the last question. I have one one last question. Oh, no, like I'm enjoying that you were in you know an NBA ref. I can't have you leave the show without asking you. What was your proudest moment in the NBA? And also, what was your favorite technical that you gave a player? (laughs) (laughs) Well, oh boy. Well, I have a funny one, and we've talked about it before, and he's a a friend of mine. He's a good guy. I haven't seen him in a while. But uh, um, I was very proud of, uh, well, I'm probably most proud of what I'm doing right now, to be honest with you, that I'm not so much that I'm just standing up to the NBA, but that I'm, I'm creating a platform for people to, Hopefully, not be afraid to stand up and say what they believe, and in a professional in a professional way. But um, yeah, I, I I refereed the game when Larry when uh, Michael came back, and when he came back the first when he had that when he was coming back, he drove down I think or they flew him down I think he drove down from Chicago and played that game in Indiana after being out. Um, the place was packed an hour before the game. He couldn't even walk in the gym floor. I was proud to be a part. I was wet behind the ears. I hadn't even I don't know how many years I had in the league. I remember working game six when Ray Allen hit the shot that uh, yeah. around the world, and then they came back. People were literally, Robbie, people were literally walking up the vault. They were walking up the stairs, and they were leaving the gym in Miami. They, they were leaving. It was like in the end of the third quarter, 
And I remember turning to my good friend, Duke Callahan, and I said, you know, I, I don't think this one's over yet. And uh, I just think something, you know, well, anyway, they came back. That was a great game. Joy Crawford and Duke and I worked that. And uh, my technical file, I mean, I had, I've had a few of them. I mean, I, I mean, I probably pull up, I'm on Instagram for things I don't know are necessarily that great. But I mean, I remember one day I had six technical files in 10 seconds. That was a classic. And I think I had two, three or four players. But I remember I gave Charles Barkley a technical foul. He was yelling. I was early in my career. I was young. I mean, I probably worked, wasn't respected. Charles was a successful player with Philly at the time. And I, I, I gave him a technical foul. And I, he came, came came at me, came yelling, screaming. And I, I remember, I, you know, you're, you're young. You don't even know what to say to these guys back then. I said, please, Charles, please, please don't. I don't want to throw you. I don't want to take any money out of your pocket. He swore at me. He said something to the effect that I get some hell. He said I make ten times more than you do, and I said, "Well, you make more than ten times." And then I threw. And it was it was just, to this day we laugh at that. I remember Shaq had come up to me on this court and said, "You owe me a lot of money." I said, "Why? You owe me out of geek. You owe me a lot of money." I mean, they they make they make jokes about it now. And um, back then it was in the heat of the moment, and most of them are pretty damn good guys, and they're up. Uh, they uh they understand the good ones get it. They the good ones respect good referees. I I respect good players. Players that play hard every night, and most all of them do. And uh, so uh again, I I would like I, I know a lot of the players. I've had talks with a few of them. I haven't been able to get to a lot of them now because of the situation I'm in. But I think uh I think a lot of them might just feel the way you and I do. They just they just haven't come out steady yet. Absolutely. Well, my hope is you win this battle. You certainly deserve to. And it's an important fight for religious freedom in this country. And I hope that you go back to refereeing in the NBA. I think people would like to see that. And if you do, and then you retire one day, when you do retire one day, I would like to have you back on so I can ask you who the biggest jerks in the NBA were. I mean, I think I think people would like to know that. <laughs> so you, have my, you have my promise. That, you know, after I win this thing, while I come back then, we'll talk about it. How's that? All right. Sounds good. Hey, Rob, thanks a lot. I really appreciate you having me. You're a good man. Thanks. Thank appreciate having you uh, on the show. Appreciate you coming and appreciate what you're doing. You keep fighting. Take care of yourself, pal. I'll do it. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. We couldn't do this show without our great sponsor, Patriot Mobile. If you haven't heard about Patriot Mobile, they are the cell phone service for you. Get away from the big companies. You keep your cell phone number. You keep your phone. Don't worry about it. It's not a hassle. It's quick to switch over and you stop giving your money to woke corporations who want to do nothing but take your money and turn it over to far-left Marxist groups. Patriot Mobile puts their money where their mouth is. They help flip school board seats and put their money into conservative projects like this one so that they support the values that we believe in. You need to switch over today if you care about your values. It's time for us to put our money where our mouth is. And Patriot Mobile is one of the ways you can do that by switching over. Their service standards are the exact same as all the major providers out there. So don't tell me, oh, I would do it, but I'm worried about bad service. It is the same service standards that the big ones are required to abide by. It is fantastic. It is worth the switch. Make it today. You get free activation patriotmobile.com slash Starbuck. Just say Starbuck and you get that free activation for your phone lines. You will not regret it and you will be very pleased to find out that the money from your phone bill is now going toward projects and values that you believe in. Thanks for joining me on today's episode. If you liked what you heard, tag me on social media, repost clips from it, share it with your friends. You sharing our show is how we grow and it's how we get the truth out there. So if you want to help spread the truth, and help wake people up, 
please go and share our show. Go to our website, RobbieStarbuck.com, for more information or to watch old episodes. See you at the next episode.